going to be the whole thing, but just the highlighted portion, this man talking about what it actually means to forgive somebody. So just look at this right here. Three where the whole yeah, thing? No, just read the highlighted Total words. forgiveness is painful. It hurts when we kiss revenge goodbye. Hmm. So like what he's talking about, turn back a page. So he's actually talking about here, the first section is talking about what's not forgiveness. And there's 10 different sections. You've been talking about this book. Yeah, and then here he's talking about what is actually what it means to totally forgive. So he's talking through the, the God lens of forgiveness. And when you actually admit that something happened, being able to admit to something being done to you, instead of what a lot of people think forgiveness is, is just forgetting it ever happened and not talking about it and yeah. you're good. All that allows is for the guy or, or the person committing the offense to do it again, because it's forgotten. So he talks about in this book, R.C. Campbell talks about in this book, like people that are raped, it messes them up so bad, they just suppress it. And they suppress it and never talk about it. So it's forgotten. And then they just make up some reason why they're hurt. They have no idea. Like they it gets like they actually forget all the way suppress it into their subconscious so they don't think about it, but they're on high alert to always overreact. And that's because the hurt is still just buried inside of them. So later on in the book, hmm. later on in this book, he talks about forgiving yourself. So say you suppress something all the way down, the only way to get it back out is to forgive yourself for suppressing it. Then you can act accordingly and take it to wherever it has to be taken to whether you're going to turn a man at this point or not. But first you have to forgive yourself because you're living in shame to break the shame. Then you can forgive the act. Hmm. So this section is talking about what it actually means to totally forgive somebody. I'm just reading through there again, read this book twice and I'm actually receiving most of it this time because the first two times through, I thought I already knew all this. So I was reading it with eyes that said, oh yeah, that's what I do. That's what I did. Yeah. And when I forgive people, I don't forget it. I talk about it, deal through it, and forgive them when I'm good. So I was like, yeah, I already know all this stuff. Hmm. So then, but lines like that, lines like where you realize that it's actually hard because when you totally forgive somebody, you cannot come back at them. It's over. It's done. It's in the past. It's, it's finished. Yeah, yeah. So literally, he says it right there. You have kissed revenge. Goodbye gone and then there's more um just highlighted areas but this right here is solid too where he's talking about in marriage just specifically in that line where it's so quick to something goes wrong in a marriage and the husband points at the wife says it's your fault and then the wife points back at the husband no it's your fault so instead of actually finding what happened they just place blame so hmm. once you have placed the blame until someone's humble, humble enough to admit what part they played, you are angry at each other. So what he's saying is if, uh, if most marriages, they could be healed overnight if both parties would just stop pointing the finger and one party just step up and say, here's what I did wrong, because then that would open the door for the other party to say, all right, thank you for saying that. Here's what I played into it. So then you have open discussion. And all it takes is one person. All it takes is one person. Because once the first... That's crazy. Once the, the 
say the husband and wife are in an argument or something and the wife steps up and says, well, here's what I feel I brought to this issue. Yeah. Then the husband, if he's living correctly, is going to say, well, if I would have never done this, you would have never felt that way. And the words used then grow into a putting to an end the situation as we're pointing a finger, we just create a fire. So why do, if we know that, like the first thing Adam did, pointed a finger. Mm-hmm. It was the woman you gave me. The book, Maximize Manhood, like the book stops here. I remember that chapter. It's like, this is, I take the responsibility. Why we don't do that? Like, why don't we do that? So in your book, where's your new Bible that fancy got you? Because what yeah, your answer's in there. But, like he speaks about that where Let's see bro. our first problem is woman was created from man. You got one of these? That not, has like notes? Not that in depth. That not like the one that you have. Mine has different notes on different verses. They don't line up the same. Okay. So different um, this is gonna sound weird, different authors. <laughs> that makes sense. Like whoever edited that one put in different notes yeah. and different verses. But not faulting, can't argue with God. Um, one, he made man. And two, he created a woman from man. That's the problem. So you have, he created us perfect, but then we, we failed. So since the woman was made of man from his side, from half of man came woman, then this description that you talked about earlier is perfect. Talking about how the woman will, or the, let's say woman or wife. Why does it say Let perfect? me see, bro. I'll see about, I can read it, bro. It was good, man. Mm-hmm. It was, it's been sitting with me the whole day. Okay, so it says, so about 316. So 316 is, to the woman he said, I'll greatly multiply your sorrow and your conception. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband. He shall rule over you. 3.16, it says, the woman's joy in conceiving, so we talked about this plenty of times, the woman's joy in conceiving and bearing children will be saddened by the pain of it. The word desire can also mean an attempt to usurp authority or control. The last two lines of this verse could be paraphrased. You will now have a tendency to try to dominate your husband, and he will have the tendency to act as a tyrant. That's so real. Each strives for control and neither lives in the best interest of the other. This key. The answer, though, is in the restoration of mutual respect and dignity through Jesus Christ. Simple. But it's like seeing that like this, I knew. But I just never like he the way he laid that out was like, that's perfect. That's true. Me and Lit, like ever since I read that, bro, and I was like, like 100 percent reading this. If you go, if you go. 17, so I'm in NLT, so it's gonna be a little bit different. But 17 is after that. So Adam and Eve are together this time. So God then says to Adam, since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree, whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living from it. So I could just see though, when God's talking to Eve, Adam's like, you get her, you get her. And then God's like, I got you boy, too. I ain't got to you yet. Yeah. Like, why, what do you mean, me get her? We're in this situation because of you. Yeah. Because she was, so I was thinking about what you asked me in, in that uh, when the serpent 
tempted Eve with that fruit. Where, where was Adam? Yeah. Where so, was he at? So it makes you think that he was not there. And then he came up, he was he was not far away. You know, just so right now we're at your spot. You're in the kitchen, Lydia yeah. in another room. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. That's how close they were, but they were not together. That's that's what I'm taking from it. So then he could quickly get by her side, right? Okay. So he gets by her side and she's like, take a bite of this. So God's basically like, man, where were you? What do you mean be mad at her? Where were you? I put you here to tend over all these things and you weren't even there. So I'm gonna get to you in a minute. Hmm. I could just see Adam like, yeah, you tell her. You, you tell her, because at this point they already knew right from wrong. So yeah. the ego already came into play. He already blamed her. And then that part happens. It's solid, bro. This is so fruitful, man. Oh, very fruitful. Do you want to introduce yourself, bro? On the podcast, we in here. Agent Talk. This is my man. Okay, go ahead. You're the first interview on here, bro. So I don't really know how to take him here. But this is Jeff Blanton. Uh, I'm trying to see, bro. So how do we meet? Or like, so, what's like, what's if, if, what's your story, bro? Nah, we're not gonna get to that yet. Okay. But we were, man, we were going to this gathering through our church called Ignite that our man Jared, Shout out Jared, Jared Johnson put together, um, just to try to bring some men of the church together. And I've been serving at the hills for I guess a year. Never seen Joshua ever. Never didn't know who he was. And then get to this gathering and. There's this young kid in there rolling up in some fancy sports car. Lexus. <laughs> I'm looking over at him like, man, I used to be that kid. I can't believe I, I had that to, car, bro. I used to roll around in some car that didn't describe who I was, but who I wanted the car to describe me as. Yeah. So just all a show. RC 300. Well, I used to zoom, bro. <laughs> So I was just looking over at this guy. He had this glass jar filled with this fancy water he was telling people about. Uh, yeah, I remember that. So I'm like, oh, he's one of them too, huh? Um, That's funny. But then, like, then I progressed. Whenever we talked, we prayed, and we broke apart. And for some reason, I just got this nudge to go talk to him. And we introduced ourselves. And then all of a sudden, we were engaged in a serious conversation. And I'll, what never, are we talking I, about? I'll never forget at this moment, I said, I think you had mentioned you were in a relationship. And uh, at the time, I still think it was too soon. Y'all weren't really talking about being engaged publicly, probably in your relationship. But all I know is I, I said to you, if this is serious and she's the one, y'all need to go ahead and start talking for when you get married, divorce is not an option. Mm. That was the first conversation. So I, I left that house thinking, why in the world did I just talk to this guy I've yeah. never met before? That if when he gets married to the girl he's currently dating, yeah. that divorce is not an option. But your response to me in that moment was, yeah, that's already been said. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, not even it. engaged yet, but it's already been said. Yeah, yeah, it's not an option. It's 100%. off the table. Yeah. Um, and it's too soon to, to go into why I said that. So yeah uh it's too too early in your podcast career for that um but really that that from there it just became what's up at church 
our head nod went from down, what's up, to uh, up, what's up. Uh, okay. <laughs> well, that's so true, bro. The down is like a respect. Like, I don't know you, but like, yeah. uh, I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. What's up? Yeah. Like, uh, and then you're looking down, it's like, I gotta keep my eyes on you as my chin goes down. Yeah. And then looking up, you don't even know where your eyes go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, <laughs> you wide open and you know then. That's funny. Um, it turned into that and then found out, like, I knew he played football, but I always challenge people. Um, like, one of my things is working out early. I know he's talked about 5 a.m., shout out 5 a.m., crew. 5 a.m., waking up early and getting a good start in the day. So I just started throwing it out there. So I want you to show up. And uh, you had said that for some time, yeah. But yeah. it took a minute, and then this uh, this guy came around named Chase and uh, was working out with him. And that guy's crazy in the gym, yeah. Shout out Chase. more CrossFit style, more, more crazy than me, I think, as far as uncontrollable yeah. chaos, yeah, um, for sure. So, we were trying to get you in there, two people, and finally, you showed up one time. and and I don't know if it was Chase or you just didn't like waking up early, but that was one time. And then like a week later, you show up again. Yeah. And then it just... Uh, it took me a while to get consistent. Yeah, the, the conversations we had in the gym led to us finding out we were both reading through the Bible again. Yeah. Uh, like going through the Bible. For me, again, I think for you, it was, it was first your time. first time, especially just you. Yeah. So... We kind of connected, you were ahead of me, and I remember you being ahead of me, so I would read where I was and then jump to where you were, mm. so we could talk. And- uh, That's real, bro. Yeah, so our conversation is just went from kind of nothing to gym to straight God. Yeah. The whole time, everything we talked about was God, was marriage, was friendships, relationships. Um, some stocks. Yeah, some stocks. <laughs> yeah, some some stocks, some failures for me, for sure, and that. Um, but really just, Growing in God is what we did at yeah. the same time. And through that last, I guess this last year, it's kind of like we went from God ordained a meeting and then God ordained a brotherhood that yeah. just, it just happened like that. Natural. Yeah. Seamless. To where Charlie, my wife Charlie, she'd be like, Shout out Charlie. She's like, I don't even know him that well, but you talk just like him now. <laughs> that's funny. Okay. Man, that's real though. I think, uh, I think, man. Um, it's just when God pushed you, like when we met, I was in a period of time where, like, me and Lit talked about it. We were here and we were like, we don't have no friends here. And I was like, I remember I was on the couch, I was like, praying, like, God, I know you got more. Like, give me some brothers, like, people around me that I can, like, do life with. And it was like, boom, here's Jeff. Hit it off, like me, especially once we got to the gym. Once I started being consistent in the gym, because it's like that environment is, it just breathes. Like if you go about it the right mentality, and like, especially when you spend time with God first, you just go and it's like always leave feel every time. Jimmy, and I was thinking the other day, man, like Jimmy got consistent quick, like three weeks, oh, really? I don't, I don't think I don't think Jimmy necessarily was praying for brotherhood. Shout out Jimmy! But God said, Jimmy, go to the gym. Yeah, go get brotherhood it. there, yeah. like godly men looking for more men to be in. Yeah, involved with them. Um, yeah, like the morning. So I think you've talked about that. Well, okay, time, so, so yeah, so what what is it? Well, how did you start? 5 a.m. Like how did that happen? So I graduated high school and went straight to work. I didn't go to I didn't go to college and. My, my first few jobs were four o'clock in the morning, delivery jobs. 
So I wasn't that big in, in the gym consistently like I am now, but I was going three days a week at the time. I was going in the evenings, but I realized my most productive times of, of just functionality for me were between 4 a.m. and noon because that's what I worked. Hmm. So as soon as I got a job where I didn't have to be at work until eight, I did not stop waking up early. I just yeah. moved it to the gym. So I was started out at Monday, Wednesday, Friday, going at five. And at that time I was only waking up at 4.30 because I wasn't seeking God really. I knew him and uh, I guess you could say I was, I was safe in him, but I wasn't seeking him. I wasn't living for him. I was living for, for myself and uh, more focused on, on Charlie at the time that I was even focused on my relationship with God. So it was 4.30 up at the gym, five, home by seven, and then to work by eight. Mm -hmm. And it just stuck from that. So it really goes back to getting my jobs. Dang, right? my days be exactly yeah. the same, bro. And realizing though, realizing my, my most to this day functional yeah. hours for my brain are from 4 a.m. to 12. Mm. Um, and, and over time, the morning routine has completely changed. And so now my routine, I think you actually wake up earlier than me now, but my alarm is set for 4.05. And we talked about this the other day. I actually tell myself, on my way to sleep, wake up before your alarm goes off. Hmm. So I'm waking up anywhere from 3.50 to 4. Anytime Every day. And as soon as I sit up, it's a thank you for another day. Turn my alarm off before it goes off, feet on the ground, thank you that I can walk. Straight in darkness, flip on a closet light and get in the work. Just by the foot. Just straight in. Yeah. And I walk past, I heard this guy say that we wake up and we look in the mirror and we're never happy with ourselves. And when I heard him say that, I wish I knew him personally so I could challenge him because when I look in the mirror for the first time, I am stoked because I walk past the mirror in darkness yeah. to flip a light on in the closet to get in the word. So my first mirror is God. Yeah. And then by the time I look in a mirror, I'm looking through his eyes and not my own. So true. All that's already been just destroyed, blown up and washed away what I think of myself. And then, man, we get to the gym and Actually, by that time, we've already discussed some Bible and talked it over on the Bible app and that plan, mm -hmm. um, discuss some of that. So, and then we get in the gym, uh, start squats and start talking about God even more. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know, after, after that workout, we are destroyed. Our bodies are wrecked, but our minds are ready. Yeah. And we are focused and just ready to go. So say if someone, like, I had a good friend of mine that I was talking to other day and he was asking me like how to be consistent like that's what he desires he desires to wake up early get in the word go to the gym like that step right there has changed my life getting up early getting in the word first and that's and the one thing about it too is it's like re waking up to read your bible we all can do it like it's just a decision to be like i'm going to do this and it's like it doesn't take this, I think sometimes like we almost try to like psych ourselves out when it comes to reading the Bible. It's like, just read it. Read it like it's another book. Just read it. And it just like, it'll come. And I think, I don't know, but question. So like for him, what would be the main tip that you would give him? Cause like he wants to completely like, he's like, I need to do this. What would it be like the one tip that you would say, this is what I would suggest. So waking, waking up for myself was always hard. When I would wake up at 
get ready, grab my pre-workout, get in my car, chug it down. That was always hard. That alarm was the hardest alarm to wake up to. And I did that alarm for probably eight years. But as soon as I had like a shift, and this just happened a year and a half ago, but as soon as the shift, my mental shift happened, which was I'm no longer waking up for myself, yeah. but I'm waking up to literally get in the word. You know, that that is a, it is for us, but it is a selfless act because we grow when we're in the word. So truly just having that shift of I'm not waking up to get to the gym, I'm waking up to get in the word. Yeah. And if you can't relate to that yet, it's a step of wake up and just say thank you. And as soon as you say thank you, as long as you're saying thank you to God, he is there. He's present. You welcome him in. So that that shift changed everything. So consistently just waking up and saying thank you. And then that thank you takes your focus off of you, puts it on God. And then everything from there is lighter because it's not on you anymore. So you get to the gym before me most mornings. Some mornings you'll text me. I will not text or reply until I'm done with my reading. Yeah. So just every little thing, if you are so focused on yourself, which would be stop reading, reply. Yeah. That's a focus on you. It's not a focus on the person you're replying to. That's saying if I don't get back to him soon enough, then I'm going to feel like I'm, I'm missing something. So unless it's like an emergency and I get 20 something texts in a row from someone, I am not looking at anything else on my phone or that would get in the way of reading until I'm done. So that also includes prayer, but yeah, your one-on-one time with God can't be interrupted. So if your phone goes off, you must continue. So my advice where I'm at now, which is different from where I was then, is take the focus off of you. When you go to sleep, you're not waking up for you. You're waking up for what can I do for God today? Yeah. And once you get into that mentality, everything changes. Now, if you're not about God, I'm sorry. I'll pray for you. But if you're not about him, then you have to find your it. Hmm. So one reason I love going to gym early is most mornings I get there. I've already been in the word, been in prayer, worked out, and I still see Charlie before she goes to work. So I go to the gym early to get all these things knocked out, to still see my wife before she leaves for the day, to make her lunch, to do whatever. And it's not a chore. It's what I yeah. love to do. So I get there, get that knocked out, get that time taken care of, and I still see her before she leaves. So if you have a significant other, you also need to take that into consideration. And what is their schedule? So if, if they have to leave early, then we'll try to knock it out early. If she's got to leave even earlier than I knew, then I'll miss her and, and, and make up for it in some way. So so let me ask you this then. So slight pivot. So for those that listen, Jeff has helped me a lot, guided me a lot for sure in our marriage. Like, what would you say for you? Like I mentioned on the podcast earlier, like the, one of the main things that you told me that really resonated was not approaching marriage at 50-50, but as 100-0. Like, I'm going to give my 100 and expect zero for my wife and just put it all on you. What do you, why do you think so many men, like, like one thing I tell them is like, I was blessed to see a man who truly loved his wife. Like, truly loved his wife. What is it for you? How do you think you just got to the mindset that a lot of men just don't have in regards to just truly serving their wives like why do you think obviously it goes back to the lord but why do you think so many men fail in that aspect of like truly 
appreciating and honoring our wives? So I think it goes back to how we were brought up. Hmm. And if you were raised in a home where you didn't see love and you don't know God, so as a, we're gonna put a little stop in that. My life now, everything is God-centered. So all of my answers are focused on God. So I gotta say that first. Yeah. All right, going back to it, if you're not raised, if you're raised in a home where the dad didn't show your mom love, affection that I will do for you so that you see me acting out of love and in return, the submission part comes. Instead, it's just submit to me. And, and these men literally take submission as I own you. Mm. Submit to me, like tap out before I even ask you. Like just be ready to do what I say. So that's, that's crazy, that's but that's how true. most marriages work. So if there's a man or a boy in that house and they see that, they think that's it. And they don't know Jesus, yeah. then they're just gonna follow. So you pray that they, at some point, either have a man that knows God or a an encounter of some kind. So since I was a kid, I just innate, we talked about this the other day, just in, innately, I wanted to love my mom, like so hard, like thick little stupid flowers that were, I don't even know what, they probably weeds. Hey, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, let me make you some disgusting breakfast and bring it to you in bed with this flower, okay. whatever. Whatever um, you could do though. Yeah, just those, those actions were just inside of me and instinctively. So just growing up, if it was seeing my mom work, seeing my mom hustle, seeing her show love to her kids and it, and kind of like she was given, so she was receiving from her kids, right? Just giving right back to her that love. And so I always told, told myself when I, when God blesses me with the girl, yeah. she gets everything. Mm. Like all of me is hers. Every single bit of it, there will never be, that will never be in question. Like she gets everything. So from day one, man, I do the laundry, I cook, I, uh, it's not a tout thing, it's just what, what you do. What do. It's yeah. not about applaud me. Yeah. The Ephesians 5.25 says, husbands love your wives as, as Christ loved the church. Christ asked for nothing in return, but love. It's all he asked for. He gave everything else. So every man who is a husband is called to Through that. Yeah. And then in return for that action, for that love, because we know love isn't just a word, it's an action verb, it's how yeah. you show it. He said, wives submit to your husbands. There is no submission called for unless the husband is all out giving of himself mm. to the wife. It's preface, predicated. Yes, on 100%. So people say 50-50 or 100-100. Well, if the husband isn't giving his part, if that's how you're gonna view it, yeah. then why would the wife? Happily, anyway. Most of them begrudgingly do it because they felt feel called to to care for. Because most women are caregivers, yeah. are just givers in general. So that's that's where that came from. Maximize Manhood talks about it. Do you know who wrote that? I want to shout him out, bro. I don't bro, know. I got a copy of the phone. Bro, all that's real though, man. I think his name is Edward Cole. So who uh, wrote 
with Maximize Man. We're back, by the way, after our sponsor segment. We're still learning our transitions, but you know what? It's all right. We're not error-free. Okay? I don't care. First interview. So, who wrote Maximize yeah. Man? This man named Ed Cole. I think in the 80s, I'd have to look again, but he was actually known as a father figure for Christianity back then. Mm. Like a leader, like not Billy Graham level, but just below Billy Graham level yeah. of someone who moved the Christian movement in the 80s. Maximize Manhood, recommended for every man. Yes, for sure, 100%. If yeah. you're ready to be challenged, if you're not ready to be challenged, work out a little bit first and then, and then get into it. Yeah, yeah. okay. Well, uh, I don't want to take up everybody's time because I was just talking to Jeff. An hour interview to me just seems so long, but 30 minutes sounds about right. So just want to finish up one question. Uh, you are for sure just one of the most all-out forgot men I, I've ever met, for sure, 100%. Um, and it's blessed to be around, like I've talked about it on her, to be around brotherhood that's like seeking. Like, I know no matter what, like, my, we're in the word. Like, Jeff's gonna make sure I'm in the word, and that accountability is everything. So, one question for you, just to leave it at this, is if someone asks you, like, Jeff, how do you know God is real? Like, if you could just, like, write, like, Lewis House has his three truths, like, if you could just write down one thing to lead to the world, like, how do we know God is real? What's your answer? Mm, putting it that way, I would say the way that everyone can understand, even if they're not a believer, is to apply to married couples. I'm gonna go that route because I love marriage. Is when you're with your spouse and you actually become one as a married couple doing it for the right reasons, you become one, you can feel his presence. Hmm. You can just feel that this was how we were supposed, you feel complete, Yeah. right? People that that are just doing it for fun, that are just getting together and having a premarital relationship, sex for whatever reason, they do not feel that. And that's why it's so addictive. And hmm. it's an addicted trait instead of a last. joyful feeling. Yeah. But when you're that way with your spouse, there is no question. No question. There is no science. I don't care what they try to do. That God created this. God created man. Then he formed woman to be one with him. Yeah. And in that moment, he's like, like almost like baptism. I could just see the heavens just we Glorious. another couple. Like yeah. just so, so proud, so happy. Um, that would be my main thing, but to those who are not married, if you can truly just look outside a window, no matter where you are, you can look outside a window and just not see him. You know that he, man was the last creation that he put on this earth. He formed man to take care of his earth. So if you can see a tree, yeah, you know he's real. Because mm -hmm. what you see of that tree is not even what gives it life, because what gives it life is underground. And mm -hmm. just knowing that that's the thing, to me, says he's real. That, that's the thing. Period. Yeah. The fact that that's the thing, the fact that something you see above ground for six months looks dead, yeah. and then in two days has complete life, because what underground never died, yeah. it actually got stronger. So that's it. No. Simple. <laughs> Simple, just one simple, very simple. Yeah. That's so true. Man, I was talking to Lit yesterday. So we were sitting on the driveway. Chance was in the yard. 
And I'm like, I'm laying on the concrete. We had just thrown the ball at him. So he's like, relax now. It was beautiful out yesterday. It was cold, but beautiful. It lives sitting right here. And I'm looking, it was one of those days where like, you could see the stars in the morning, like through the blue sky. And I'm just looking up there and I'm like, this to me feels like probably what Edith felt like. Like my animal, there's animals. I'm like, my animal's right here. My, my wife's right here. I'm right here. God, like, his creation. And so I'm like, man, it, it's so true. Like, you feel, and that's something, like, why I wanted to have talks like this. It's like, I truly believe we are in a time where people need to know, like, there's a lot of evil out there. A lot of hatred. A lot of just society, rather be the news, the TV, people across the street. There's a lot of evil out there, but there's also good. And, like, Matthew, Jesus tells us, like, we're called to be that, like, so, you got any parting thoughts? Uh, what you, you just said you is, is I mean, we're both reading this book right now called The Book of Mysteries. Shout out Book of Mysteries. Yeah, man, this group, this game guy, changer. Game Jonathan Kaplan doing things. But when you look up and see the stars, you're seeing the past. Mm. It's Ooh, crazy, man, because the light has to bounce and come back. Your yeah. eyes look up, yeah. so you don't see it until it comes I'm back saying. down. Yeah. So you're actually looking Something that's into the past. Yeah, so if y'all was outside, say at say it was sun up. Yeah. Sun was just coming up. Sky, you see the stars still. And you're like, okay, so we learned already that we already started. We're coming into the evening of the Hebrew day. Yeah. Because the day starts in the evening. So yeah. you, you leave you leave darkness into light. Shout out to God for that. Yeah. Then you're looking up at the star and you're like, that's pretty cool. But the truth is that star was back there. It was behind you. And then now you're just not seeing it. Yeah. So it's just like an echo. The echo's in the past. It has to get back to you. It sounds like it's in the future, but it's actually That's in the crazy. past. That's crazy. It's nuts, yeah. Yeah. God, <laughs> man. Just invite, he got signs everywhere, bro. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, uh, he's complex, but he made it simple for us to understand, but not simple, not easy to yeah. live out. Simple mm. to understand, but not easy to live out. True. So. That's good. Okay, well... That's episode one. Ancient Talk. Jeff Land, we out.